And um, it's 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 been a week or two or a month. I don't remember. <laughs> it's been too damn um, long. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it has been. And and right now, um, um, th- you know, things have gotten interesting in terms of free and open source software. Um, I'm Thomas, and I'm Shaggy. And this, you're listening to the Nix Report, where we cover Unix and Overlook Pop Culture. Um, the Unix portion, we're going to cover a little bit more today because, or in this episode, mainly because, um, well, one, for those of you who are watching on YouTube, oh my God, does this look familiar? <laughs> it's it's Melvin, the desktop sentinel. Um, I think he sets like this. I'm not sh- sort of like... I managed to stand him up. So, um, but, but yeah, it, it's, um, we're going to be going over the uh, system 76 meerkat, which I recently splurged on. But before we get into that, um, some interesting, interesting news um, regarding the next, I believe, long-term release for Ubuntu. Um and this was posted deliberately after April 1st so that people wouldn't think it was fake. <laughs> um, Canonical is discontinuing Unity. Um, they are w- walking away from Convergence and what have you. Um, and we're going to kind of speculate on some reasons as to why. And and all of that. And and. But for those of you who were actually fans of Unity, uh, it's not quite dead yet. Um, we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, do you, before we get into anything, is there anything interesting besides this that you've run into that you want to bring up? Any news uh, items? This was the most interesting thing I saw this week, and that's why I figured we could talk about it. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, anything else that I saw? Other than that article, but from uh, Red Hat and Fedora Open Source Group, um, they're basically they're going back to GNOME. Um, they're going back to the very thing that made them successful in the first place. Um, we don't know if they're going if they're going to customize an interface that that sits on top of GNOME, or if they're going to customize GNOME Shell. Although I I don't remember where I spotted it, but somebody made GNOME Shell look similar to Unity. So, so um, why do you think they went back to, uh, or going back to GNOME? I think um, a big part of it is probably due to the fact that um, they've spent the last seven years or so focusing on bringing up Unity and trying to bring up uh, the mirror display server and stuff like that. They're, they're also abandoning that from what I can tell. They're abandoning mirror. They're abandoning um, a bunch of other stuff. And they're actually going to be using Wayland from what I heard in another article. If I remember correctly, I'd have tried the article again. But, um, but after spending all this time and not really making a considerable impact on the community and uh, the mostly the mobile community 
trying to get this convergence thing out there for people to use. Um, I mean, other than power users or regular users of Linux, like myself, you, um, and some, some friends that I know, and I mean, people that I met at System76, not many people really used Unity, unfortunately. I mean, it's, it's a good, it's a good UI. It's, it had, it had its ups and downs. Um, the um, CEO of System76 had a comment on this. I'm going to have to see if I can find it. It was, it was really, really well put. And I hope they don't mind me quoting them on that. Okay, here it is. The, the Ubuntu desktop team have always produced an incredible operating system, whether it be GNOME or Unity. We're excited to see their thoughtfulness, effort, and innovation added to the GNOME community. So, I mean, there's good and bad in what's happening right now, but I think they're taking a good step forward just because with the, the, all the effort that they've put into this, and granted, they've, they've made a lot of strides in um, what they refer to as convergence and all this stuff, but since it didn't make a considerable impact, I'm fairly certain that's the biggest factor in what's driving this. And with them moving back to GNOME, it's going to help reduce some of the fragmentation in the uh, Linux community as a whole, because I mean, you and I both know that there's tons and tons of desktop environments and window managers and all kinds of choices and you can pick and choose and wire things up all kinds of different ways to make it the way you want, which is good. But at the same time that the community, the way it has been lately, has just been so fragmented that they don't want to intermingle like they should be doing. So maybe this will help lead to that because the Ubuntu community is really, really um, good for that, I think. And along those lines, I've kind of noticed how you know, things kind of started, I think things are turning around for Canonical now, starting with the fact that they're going to be making money off of extended, you know, support for their server releases and, and having some, having something that works, you know, quite well. And with GNOME progressing the way it has, I saw somewhere where they, where they somebody themed it gnome shell to look almost like unity to a point as well so it may be the same reason that they went with system d as opposed to their init um rendition because it was it turned out to be better code as mark shuttleworth once put it on an episode of the linux action show he had said well at the end of the day it was better code so if it turns out to be better, why not use it? And and I think I I think you know Fedora and Red Hat teams are excited about this because then they don't have to you know they don't have to you know be so fragmented. Um, I just hope it doesn't go to the point where there's no competition because that wouldn't be good either. Just a balanced amount of choice is not to the point where it gets all confusing, but 
Um, I this kind of is exciting. I think they're going back to what made them successful. And for those of you who are wondering, okay, what's going to happen to uh, um, Unity? Um, there's already talk of forking it um, from Lily Puting. Um, uh, Brad Lander writes that um, that they're though it's you know Canonical has announced they're abandoning plans to develop versions of Ubuntu that run on smartphones and tablets. Um, they might not be dead just yet. Um, one of the developers, he's expressed interest in forking software and continuing its efforts after Canonical, you know, basically gives it up. And he's the, he's a, um, Marius Gripsgard is the developer of UB ports where they port Ubuntu onto, you know, several third-party smartphones like the Fairphone 2, Nexus, and OnePlus devices. And there's also a new project called unity8.org, and that's underway as well. Um, in fact, I'm going to look over this and see. It's just a simple page right now where they link to a GitHub repository unit. Y-U-N-I-T.io. So that's where that leads to. Um, basically, they're they're forking this thing to where um, to where you know development can you know go on outside of canonical. And who knows if it continues long enough and it, and it progresses further enough, they might give it another shot if it's more polished. Because I think that's kind of why it, this thing didn't quite take off. It wasn't fully polished yet. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, why did Android take off? It was pretty much a finished product for the most part, where they were just adding things to it afterwards. Um, same with iOS. It was pretty much a i on the iPhone. It was a finished product. Um, from what I've seen on Ubuntu Touch, etc., it wasn't a finished product. And I think Nautical was spreading themselves too thin as well. So, so. Yeah. I remember getting the opportunity to play with um, Ubuntu Touch a little bit when I went and visited System76 last year for the Supervan event. And um, I mean, when I when I was able to mess with the phone, it ran very smooth on the phone. But it was also the uh, Nexus Four or S or one of the two. It, it's a really old device, which most people don't have nowadays. So for for it to run smoother on newer devices, it needed some more work, and that's part of the problem. They focused on an older device originally, unfortunately. Now, now I will say I still think that some of the comments from certain people from Intel regarding the, you know, open source driver and mirror were uncalled for, saying that they don't approve of Canonical's behavior, saying that th this was years ago when 
canonical decided to go with Mir instead of Wayland. And so without, but without that support, they would have to patch the drivers themselves and basically add it to Mir. And that wasn't working either, or at least not fast enough. Because how many years has Wayland existed and we're still, some of us are still using X11? <laughs> There's a guy that I've been keeping up with on YouTube and uh, some other places on social media that uh, his name is Brian Munduke. He actually got the opportunity to go to Sister 76 for their super van event this year. He's um, He does like a, a talk show kind of thing on YouTube. It's pretty cool. You should check it out sometime. But anyway, he also has this, he goes to, um, I forgot what it's called, Scale in uh, California almost every year. He's been doing it since like 2009 or something like that. But he has an event that he calls Linux Sucks. <laughs> and what he brings up is all of the problems that Linux tends to have. And one theme that's been there for seven or eight years is that Xorg is old. <laughs> because Xorg has been around since the 90s, I think. Mid to late 90s. <laughs> and yeah. Wayland's been been around since before Canonical decided that they were going to go do Mir because they originally created uh, Wayland or started working on Wayland to push this idea for a better display server to support what they were working on. And then they dropped the project and it got picked up by somebody else. So thankfully, it's actually gained a lot of popularity. And now that's actually, I didn't know this until I was watching... Um, one of Lunduk's uh, uh, talk shows, but he uh, mentioned that that's the default um, display server for Fedora now, which is pretty nice. So at least somebody's taken that up and taken that torch, even if it's a buggy torch. <laughs> right. And, and I'm not saying that Wayland will never get there. It's just, I'm running Matei edition on, on the new system that I have, the Meerkat 2 from System76, and and it's still running X, X11, which, as old and, and as problematic as it is, it still works. And, and that's why a lot of distros still utilize it, because there's lots of applications that are still written for it. Um... But a few weeks ago, I, 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 I was actually trying to talk myself out of this because I was like, no, no, you don't, you don't need to splurge on something like this. And then finally, finally, I gave myself permission to go ahead and splurge. I'm going to pay this thing monthly because System76 has that option now. What happens is when you go to buy a computer there and you go to billing, you signed up you sign up for a firm. The loan amount you request for is equivalent to what you configured your system for plus shipping and all that. And that's how the financing is determined. When you are approved for a loan, that's, you know, it's not for more than that or less than that. It's for that amount if you're approved and they'll tell you what your monthly payments are. Um, you can even make extra, you know, 
you can set auto payment. You can even make extra payments if you really wanted to with no penalty at all, which is awesome. Um, hmm. Yeah. So I made a promise to myself, I will work on this to pay this off monthly in exchange for that. I will use this thing to find a way to generate money over the summer. And that may mean some freelance work um, online, getting that done um, over the summer and basically having it pay for itself essentially. Cause what I'm wanting to do over the summer, the system I got is supposed to be, you know, power efficient. Um, and it's the tiny little, it's basically an Intel nook, you know, packaged up all nice and neat. And, and you looked at some of the specs already that I configured it for. Um, uh, what do you think of the specs that I have on this thing? The specs are pretty sweet. I mean, for a smaller PCs, that is, that's, that's fairly powerful. And I, I could have gotten 32 gigabytes of RAM, but I settled for 16. 16 is the most I've ever had in a system. So 16 is more than enough, honestly. I mean, as a developer, I'm usually doing a lot of stuff at once. So at work, I need 16. I can't do less than less than that. I can't do eight. I have to use at least 16. I've actually gotten to the point where I've almost ran out of memory on 16 gigs before, but I don't think I actually need to bump up to 32 yet. So. Oh yeah. If I had more than three monitors, maybe, but I only have three monitors right now. So. Because I, I, as I was looking at specs, I made the decision to go with like the processor that would have, it's not Iris pro graphics, but it's Iris graphics. So there is a little bit of, you know, integrated memory for video memory that'll actually help its performance a little bit. Um, and the rest that it needs, it'll borrow from system memory as need be. Um, I, like th th this thing, oh my goodness. Um, basically, I went with the, you know, i5 6260U which has like Intel Iris graphics, you know, it goes as high as 2.9 gigahertz, but at least 1.8 gigahertz, you know, four megabits of cache, two cores and four threads, um, 16 gigs of DDR4 dual channel at, you know, 2133 megahertz. Um, the SSD, I went with default 32 gigabyte M2 SSD drive. And for the storage drive where my home directly resides, it's I went with a regular 750 gigabyte um, hard drive. And I opted to use my own display and cable, no speakers, no mouse or keyboard. And of course, one year limited parts and labor warranty. So basically, if, if it up checks for no apparent reason, I can just uh, give it back to them and they'll resolve it. Um, I did run, I mean, I tried unity for a little bit, but then, um, of course they let you run whatever OS you want on this. And obviously I went with Mate, Mate edition because it, 
I want something that runs better. Um, not that Unity wasn't running well, but I honestly, I did not like how they partitioned the hard drives at all. Because I, I, I figured, well, if I set, if I set this thing up, you know, or if I set this to have these two hard drives, I made the dangerous assumption that they would figure out they're not mind readers. I should have probably specified, hey, could you have the home directory be on the regular hard drive and the OS just be on the SSD? That way, have performance upon boot up, but data storage will not wipe the SSD out. So, so I had to redo it a couple of times and um, and unfortunately the bootloader couldn't be installed when I tried to install Matei edition the first time I had to change something in the visual bios because it warned me something about UEFI mode and it's saying, well, actually you were set in bios mode. So, or, or whatever, turn UEFI off. Um, I had to change a bio, I had to change the firmware setting so that it would install the bootloader like normal. And then, so, and then, and then I changed some stuff around to where it would be the way I wanted it to be. And then I, then I turned that, then I reversed the changes. So it would actually boot into Matei edition without any, you know, the need to, pop the USB drive in and say, I want to boot off of this or change the boot order and say, I want to boot off this hard drive. Um, but once I got it up and running, um, it's a matter of, it was night and day matter of seconds. This thing came roaring to life and I'm like, Oh my God, this is amazing. I should have done this sooner. And, and with summertime coming around, I'm going to need to have something that consumes less power because I'm going to I'm going to be emphasizing a little bit more on things like uh, power efficiency, um, mobile, uh, that sort of thing, since the weather will be nicer and all that, and and what have you, and and we'll, we'll see what what happens. Um, Hopefully, electric bill will go down a little bit. And the good news is, I may even go to be able to go to Charter or now Spectrum since that merger happened and say, hey, I love my internet speed, but is there a bundle deal now or is there a better deal where I can get a better price for a year or two? And if the answer is yes, I may even save money on my ISP every month. So, um, Oh, did I did I I forgot to mention the you this thing has like total of like four USB ports. One of them's powered what's called yeah, what's called powered, which the powered port this headset's plugged into. But if it were unplugged and the system were off and I plugged my phone into that port, it you would still Yep. So Yep. Oh, absolutely. And if I and if I want more ports, I have a powered USB hub that I can just plug in. I can plug in more devices. Um, it won't take up as much space, and 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 it will pretty much. It, it's really exciting. Um, I'm absolutely looking forward to this, and so 
Oh, and it even has an SD card slot on it. So if I want to, you know, take photos out of a camera, I could. Sweet. Oh, yeah. Um, and like I said, I, I set the 32 gig SSD drive to load the operating system. I do have swap partition on that, though I don't imagine it would be touched at all. And and my home directory that I have it, the mount point for the 750 gig hard drive itself is slash home. So I set that to where anybody who is a user on the system, their home directory is going to be parked on that hard drive. So that when they have their data accessed, it, it'll, it'll add longevity to the SSD drive. So I'm looking forward to this. It's just, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm tickled pink and, and I ultimately decided to do this after, after here, I'm trying to catch up on the Linux action show. And while I'm, you know, while I'm doing my little night job deal, more like afternoon into the night. And one of the, every episode they kept mentioning system 76. And finally I was like, you know what? I think I'll go ahead and buy one of these. <laughs> and, and if it works out, I will eventually, you know, get a, another system, probably they're, next Gallagher pro it'll probably be generation after the one that comes out because they're they were among the first manufacturers to or oems to actually have the iris pro graphics on there you remember that mm -hmm. and i was like and apple they were one of the first to do that yeah and they they beat like a lot of windows based OEMs. And I was like, wow. Um, and, and here's another cool factoid about system 76. Another way that they're getting revenue for their company is they, you, they have a product called beans books, which is cloud-based um, accounting system hmm. that businesses can subscribe and use, or they could download the open code the license prohibits changing the logos and everything else, and they can self-host it and all of that. But, but they could just do the monthly fee and have the infrastructure managed for them so that they can just, you know, do the accounting needs for their business or whatever. So it, it's, and it's obviously cross platform, so they don't have to have QuickBooks or anything like that. So, so that they're, I think they're going, they, they're in this for the long haul. And they're, I noticed they're the ones that are often mentioned in a lot of articles and news snippets every now and then related to tech. Uh, there is another one out there on the West Coast called The Reason. You've, uh, you've bought from them before, haven't you? Um, I, I bought their Breeze 3110 system, which is one, which was one of the first Intel Atom systems that was available. And I haven't bought anything from them ever since because th they haven't really done a whole lot that I, I've known of. It's just nonchalant. Their store is still there online, but I don't hear a, 
I don't, I don't hear or read a lot about them anymore. Um, I, I, I did, I did a review of one of their systems mm-hmm. for Linux.com before, before the website domain name got purchased by the Linux Foundation, but that was, that was years ago, and. But it, it, System76, I notice, is right now where it's at. Because other than the whole, whole, uh, um, and I'm not, and I'll admit, I am new to the concept of UEFI firmware. Because um, the BIOS that pops up when I boot the system, System76 logo pops up, which is cool. You know, and it has the usual, you know, boot order BIOS, Intel Visual BIOS as in you move your mouse around in this thing. Mm-hmm. I bet that's a little bit weird to get used to. Mine's got a visual BIOS. The, and the uh, AMD motherboard that I had, or I still have, uh, has got a visual BIOS as well. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm not used to this thing. Um, <laughs> I'm, it's This is the newest I've ever owned, um, ever in forever. And and with 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 me getting to this point, I came to realize, you know what? I'll I'll go ahead and get this, but I'm going to use this thing to earn some money. Because um, while what I think starting this week, I will basically hang out, you know, all week at this place before I go to work. At you know, because I still do the part-time gig for the local tax business, and and that's winding down because 18th is getting closer. And by the way, for those of you who are wondering, the 18th of April is for Missouri is 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 your. I, I think it's for federal as well, since the 15th fell on a weekend, and the following Monday is technically a holiday. So. Um, I, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's Easter, but some obscure holiday or something, but Emancipation Day, hmm. as an Emancipation of Proclamation, I don't remember, but, but for that reason, it falls on, you know, the 18th of April, that Tuesday. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that being passed and over with and having a little bit more time to get some of the stuff done um, and being more available for the podcast and playing with my digital ocean droplet. Cause I haven't had a chance to um, cause I've got to generate a key pair for this system and then add it to the digital ocean droplet manually so that I can access via SSH from you know, the main desktop system so that I can, um, you know, update the server as necessary because the way they set it up, if you set up a WordPress blog, Mm -hmm. the way they have you set it up, you can't do automatic updates to WordPress. Um, You can do it if you change a setting temporarily and they encourage you to change it back so that nobody can hijack your server. Which is understandable, mm-hmm. but um, I and and by the way, I also learned the hard way that 
when you point a domain name towards them, you need to make sure you, uh, on their end, on DigitalOcean's end, if you want your email being hosted with your primary hosting provider, you need to add one-on-one's MX records to that. Otherwise, you stop receiving email. Because, <laughs> yeah, one of the domains I have, I have an email set up for that. And whoops, after after a week or two, I'm like, why am I not getting email from here? And so I called support, and they kept walking me around the blocks. So look, you're walking me around the block. I need to know a simple answer. I can change the DNS settings, no problem. I just need to know that if I add the official MX records for one and one through that hosting on DigitalOcean, if if email will start working again, more or less. And he said, yes. Can you please email me the primary on the primary account for the hosting the MX records? I should have asked, hey, I just need the MX records, and I don't have time to go hunt them down. Mm-hmm. And after adding those MX records you know, minutes afterwards, I started getting an email at that address again. So there's a reason I don't set up email on that, on that droplet because setting up an email, it, it's from what I've heard, it's better to let providers who specialize in email deal with the infrastructure because if you get on blacklists that can get, make it hard to send and receive email to certain addresses and from certain addresses. So <laughs> let, let, let basically let one and one Google, et cetera, those who specialize in email, let them deal with the trouble of, of, of doing the email service. I'll gladly keep hosting that um, droplet because, you know, I have a free month or two because of that uh, $10 credit when I signed up that I applied plus their default config is like five bucks a month and and you know one terabyte of transfer mm-hmm. have you tried it yet i played with it a little bit but i haven't done enough with it yet to really do too much didn't set up any um ssh keys i ended up deleting the droplet that i created but I, you can you can delete and create droplets. I played with the API a little bit, um, running some uh, um, API calls from the command line. But um, from this machine, I was actually able to poke a REST endpoint and get some information about the droplet that I created. You can create droplets by doing that and stuff like that too. Oh, yeah. And, And like I said, that's where my, you know, thomasholbrook.com personal blog, et cetera, is, is being hosted for the time being because I, I, I did the whole let's encrypt setup and everything else. And I'm like, this is freaking cool. Um, and, and plus it's just like that's, and with 512 makes of RAM, if all you're doing is WordPress on there with a full, you know, Ubuntu server, then, then it'll be able to, it'll be able to, you know, take quite a bit of traffic um, before running into a problem. So, 
so I'm kind of experimenting with it and everything else. And I'll, I'll, I'll see what else I can add to it. And if I like it, I'll just keep using that for, cause it's like only five bucks a month. And if, if I put a promo code on there and people sign up through that, I basically can get free hosting for a few more months <laughs> on that. And you can even change to like hourly billing to where you create and destroy, create and destroy, and you're paying pennies on the dollar. So that that's pretty cool. Um, there, there are people who are in IT in various parts of the country that are probably using this to help businesses host necessary services so that they don't have to manage it on site. So you can even set up your an own cloud instance if you wanted to hmm. and play with that. Although I haven't caught up completely to the Linux action show. I even listened to the episode where they were at the super fan thing. I don't know if you ran into, I don't know if you ran into uh, Chris and Noah. Uh, I don't remember. I'd have to see their faces again. But I'm, I'm pretty sure there were at least one of them from the Linux Action Show was there. Yeah. Yeah, Chris left. I think Chris left to go on a flight, and Noah left after him. Um, and it's been pretty awesome. It sounded like they had an awesome experience over there, and and that's when they found out that when at the time when. Oh, I actually met them both um, last year. Oh, yeah. I remember them both. Pretty cool guys. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you know that Chris had set up his own mobile studio? Yeah. Was, pretty sure was, set it up there. there at, uh, System 76 headquarters and actually did one of the episodes there while I was there. Oh, yeah. And, 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 I don't quite fully understand if if they're use if Chris uses that as his primary residence, like when he's back in Seattle, it's on some small piece of land hooked up back up to like utilities and other things for the time being or what. I have no idea. Hmm. Um but but I'm like, oh my god, if I was able to do something like that. Um, I I would, uh, oh my goodness, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't use Ting or or anything like that because I kind of want coverage in most of the country and the networks that Ting uses. Um, I don't care what people say about Sprint and T-Mobile; they don't always have the best coverage. Um. You had you had family mobile for a while out in Columbia, right? Uh, I did for probably four or five months, and then I got tired of it. It was it was pretty bad, wasn't it? It was it was pretty bad. Even uh, the only reason I even did it at first was because it was it was pretty cheap working while I was at Walmart. So it was like thirty five, forty bucks a month just for myself, but the coverage wasn't great. And if I go down to my parents' house or something or go somewhere where it's even remotely um, rural, 
I just lost all signal practically. So I, I gave up on that. I switched at and pretty quickly. I'm going to have to switch again, too, since I'm moving. Oh, oh, AT&T doesn't work so well out there? No, it doesn't work hardly at all. I have to stand on the top of the driveway just to get signal. <laughs> pretty bad. Um, so I take it you'll probably switch to something like, say, Verizon? Probably Verizon, or I might do, uh, I might try out um, uh, straight talk again and see if it works out there. Um, you might consider these uh, Verizon unlimited data plans because if you set it up and you and your significant other were both on it, it would basic other than the you know line fees and what have you, it'd be forty five bucks split between the two of you. And it is it is honestly a good deal because. Um, you could set up a mobile hotspot on there and LTE speeds would happen for about 10 gigabytes before being throttled to not 2G, but 3G speeds, which is not horrible. Um, and you would only get throttled after 22 gigabytes of consumption if there's congestion. If there's not, you're all good. I don't... I'm doing this plan because it didn't cost me that much more. And I set up auto pay anyway, mm-hmm. so that, so that I would honestly have, um, you know, basically I save five bucks by doing that. So, so I, I'm looking forward to that. And in all honesty, cause it's just, uh, this is something that's pretty cool to be able to have expectations on billing and what have you. Hmm. So I wonder how much I could save by doing that. It looks like it's actually, I mean, it's, it looks like it'd be about 150 bucks, but for the unlimited data, it might be worth it. And if you, if you were to, find a way to outright own your devices too that would save you so because once my s7's paid off that's going to save me about 20 bucks and at some point if push comes to shove and i'm able to i may just say screw it i'm paying this thing off early not having to deal with that and that'll drop my bill to under a hundred dollars every month um and that'll 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 be something I look forward to uh, very much so. So, um, but yeah, it, that's uh, pretty much where I'm at at the moment. So, even though they're going Ubuntu is going to be using GNOME again, I'm still going to use Mate Edition because it's it's matured and it's working really well, and they're going to have full GTK support right around the corner too so that's good yeah they they've been working really hard about it you know to the point where calculator may not have to be used they can just go the mate calculator may make its return but their current app setup uh works uh, extremely well and the the only the only main issue that I have, and I'm not turning on compositing because I kind of want the system to be 
as responsive as possible is when I move a window, there's going to be tearing, but that's an X11 thing mm -hmm. more than it's an Intel graphics thing. Um, so uh, either way, I think, and oh, the, the other piece of news, uh, Mark Shuttleworth is returning to the CEO position of Canonical. Oh, cool. So uh, Jane Silver is, I guess, stepping down from that. And we'll see if, because uh, Shuttleworth said, you know, I'll give you so much time. And, and if it, things didn't work out, you know, the Ubuntu Foundation would basically swoop in, keep the project in maintenance mode, and he would go off into the sunset. But for some reason, he stuck around for a long time. So I'm thinking at this point, Canonical is going to not only survive, but thrive. So um, <laughs> uh, it's, it's kind of exciting to be in a to be an Ubuntu user right now. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, but that, that about wraps it up for me. You have anything else you want to add? No, I think that covers everything. All right. Well, entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. Um, I will do my best to have this up by, by Tuesday to have the podcast feed updated. And then, we will keep trying to go from there. Um, I promise uh, more content will be coming your way. It's certain things that have happened in my life that kind of um, sideline this project for a little bit, um, but I'm not giving up on this thing. If you go to um, our Patreon page, patreon.com slash the next report, um, you will, and you help us out, we'll be able to bring you even more content than ever before. And we'll start kind of promoting that a little bit more. I haven't even been able to do a exclusive newsletter or anything like that, but that's because um, things happen and, and now it's just, you know, coming to grips with it and moving on and, moving forward. So I'm looking forward to future weeks, no matter what happens. So um, keep your eyes peeled and we'll see you next week. See you guys later.